By staying home, you can not only protect your health and that of those around you, but ensure that our healthcare professionals and our healthcare systems can focus on those who need their help. Hello and welcome to Corona Movie Club, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Um, so we have a schedule of movies and we're all going to watch them independently in our own socially isolated homes and then three times a week we're going to get together over the internet and talk about them just like your mom's old book club used to do. Um, except now there's nothing old about it because it's all over the internet and we're all social isolating so that we don't help spread the coronavirus around the universe. Um, so we have people from all over North America who are participating and there's going to be different people on each call from the uh, core group. And so every episode, I'm going to come in and introduce the film that we're going to be watching, as well as the names of the people that are going to be on that week's call or that episode's call, because we're going to be doing this three times a week. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go to the movies. It's something to do. So continuing on our trend of doing Netflix releases, uh, specifically 2020 movies, this week's movie is The Old Guard, which is adapted by, from a comic book by Greg Rucka. Uh, he wrote the screenplay as well, and it's directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood. Um, it's just about immortal hot people, I guess. Um, it's Charlize Theron, action star Charlize Theron, who is really, really cool. That's all I really have to say about this movie, um, other than, you know, what I say on the call. Um, as usual, this call has both me and uh, Steve Vargo, who are on pretty much every call. Um, we also have Matthew Yipchuk, Saya Floyd, and Susan Bond. So, hope you enjoy. I have an opening observation that Ooh. is just kind of my blanket statement about this movie, which was that I wasn't a fan for the first bit. Then I started to get more engaged. Then there was a point about three quarters of the way through and I was like, I think I like this movie. Then by the time it wrapped up, I was a little frustrated again because it just, it felt like a two hour long pilot for a TV show that is mm -hmm. never going to happen. And I've seen other movies like that on Netflix specifically. Like there was one that was about people like jumping into alternate uh, realities and alternate dimensions. That was very clearly much like this. It ended on a cliffhanger where it was like this literally need like, I don't want it to be a TV show, but you made this to be a TV show. And the fact that it's a movie and not a TV show annoys me. But that said, the fact that it's kind of in the wrong medium and uh, should be a pilot, but it's not. Like the concept was interesting enough. It took too long for my feeble brain to understand what was happening. But then once I did, I was into it. And yeah, I just, I, I wish people didn't make pilot episodes of tv shows movies and then claim that they're just standalones when they should not be does anybody know about the backstory of this film it was it pitched as a pilot or does it just I, feel like a pilot i just know that it's a comic book and there's maybe sequels uh, yeah. so um i don't know if they're actually going to make a sequel though that's so that's like a fair point that they set up maybe something that's not going to happen I feel but, like a lot of movies set up a potential, action yeah. movies set up a potential sequel at the end. Like I, yeah. I do agree that the, the sequel that they've set up, part of the way that they've set the sequel up, specifically the other, the, the lady at the bottom of the ocean, 
did feel like a bit of a dangling thread until the what I remember being a post credit scene, whether it was or not. Um, it was a dot 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 the end yeah. uh, the end dot 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 thing. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see that sequel because I thought her character was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like in this case, because it did, I mean, it's a risky gamble. But this movie did really well on Netflix, and they have Charlize Theron. So I feel like out of all the action movies Netflix has had that they're setting up sequels, this one has a better chance of actually going forward, maybe. But I do agree that's kind of from just like a storytelling perspective, I'm not a fan of it. But in this case, I'm like, their gamble might pay off. Have they announced whether it's getting a sequel or not? According to Wikipedia, where did it go? It says, um, there's a sequel to the graphic novel and then Charlize Theron has, uh, when asked about it said, let's have a resting period. But given the fact that all of us really want to do it, I'm sure when it's the right time, we'll start the conversation. Um, that brings up a question I had about the ending, which is Matthias What's-His-Face goes, I'll never see you again. And she goes, don't be so pessimistic. But like, no, they're not going to see him again, theoretically. The plan is to not see him again for a hundred years. And theoretically, she's no longer immortal. She can die. She can die within that time, but she mm -hmm. probably would live too. doesn't matter. Like, it's... But know. does her not being immortal, does that mean that she's going to start aging like a normal person or just she's living in that current physical state until like she's stabbed? That, that was why question. I guess I assumed she would age, but I guess that, I guess she wouldn't. I guess if she just like is more careful with mm -hmm. her life, she could theoretically live. We I feel like, she, I feel like she would age because, because the aging process is the dying process. Mm profound so like if 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 uh she if she doesn't have her powers anymore she's going to age but because it depends there's, there's what the no powers are because if it's regenerative right like and that, that's what our bodies are always doing we're always making new cells like that's and so if if that i don't know i i if you're a big superhero fan you probably have got this like it's this sort of like a repeat story like a lot of a lot of characters have immortality or have these healing factors and this is what ends up happening if they lose those healing factors. Okay, so you you think she'll age? Yes. Okay, so then <laughs> explain that line. Back to my original question. What, what was the line? Sorry. The... She was like, "Don't be so pessimistic" or something like. She's like, "You'll see me again. I well, plan to be in the sequel." But like, how is she <laughs> gonna do that? Well, if it's well, yeah, if it's a hundred years, yeah. But it's also possible she doesn't sister. know because she, I think, within the what they established for backstory for this the only other person that has like run out of their regenerations or um what do they call them on doctor who whatever um so like the number of t uh he just like died because of actual blunt force stabby trauma so i don't think she knows for herself if she's going to age or if she just has to wait it out because it hasn't happened yet I took that line as he was starting to get sappy and sentimental and she hates that. So she's just shutting <laughs> it down and just like, mm, you, you never know. So she doesn't have to deal with that. Like I didn't. <laughs> that feels like internally consistent with her character. I like that read. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's like opposite of what she said, but it makes like I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> she was just shutting the conversation down. Yeah, I could see it. Um, yeah. Did anybody have feelings about, so like, 
I didn't love that her character was like, like she was just so nothing, you know, yeah. she was just tough and inner torture. She's and so ancient. Kind of, yeah. I'm she's so not human old. anymore. I can't even tell you how old I am, but that's kind of it. And then she was just a blank slate. Yeah, she's and not human I, anymore, so. I felt like the she whole. I did like thinking about her having sex with Rodin, was it? Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, I I'm trying. I'm trying to imagine that interact, n- not the sex specifically, <laughs> the interaction <laughs> that led up to it. Like that, it just doesn't seem like a priority for her at this point in her life. I'm gonna say, um, but I mean, she's lucky she's Charlize Theron. I feel like it'd be harder to navigate millennia <laughs> if you weren't Charlize Theron. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you wouldn't get to sleep with Rodin, for example. Um. <laughs> but like. Rodin wasn't Rodin at the time, perhaps, you know, like the famous Rodin, you know? Which is interesting then yeah. because like, she's not a time traveler. She's just, I was wondering this, like with Chiwetel's whole, I didn't learn anyone's name, but Chiwetel's whole, <laughs> um, yeah. like his board of, his serial killer board of like tracking them through history. Does she have some sort of, she can't time travel, but does she have some sort of like future knowing ability? Because how could she know who to save? No, no, no. It was it's, just a coincidence? Like, yes. she would just save a random person and then that random person's granddaughter, like, cured polio? It seems <laughs> some things were, were she could know, like, she could stop something from happening. And then, yeah, there was that one kid that it looked like it, he just grew up and uh, solved things. So that not, seems like a magical thing opposed to, a, a, like, a, something that you can just um, prevent. I got the feeling there was some sort of higher power directing her that she didn't know about. Okay. That was the sense that I had. And that really tracks with the, all these people you say grow up to be important and helpful. Yeah. It was a little too many, few too many coincidences for there not to be some. Now does the higher power direct you to bang Rodin? That's a whole other question, (gasps) I think. And if so, why only Rodin? I would like to know the whole list of, and then are we getting into, I guess she's female, so it's a little different, but like, are we getting into like Zeus territory where he just like is the the father throughout history of all these like various people, like, you know, did she just go and like bang a whole bunch of interesting people throughout history and were there consequences to that? Did she have children? Exactly. Exactly. It was sort of like a throwaway line with Rodin too, so maybe it was like they didn't have sex, you know. I mean, it was also a joke and probably yeah. not thought through yeah. really in a plot <laughs> way. Um, there were a lot of things that felt like they weren't really thought through. <laughs> <laughs> well, like this is what I'm saying about the characters. Like the characters to me all felt like ex- like they just kind of threw them in there. They didn't really have personalities so much as like vague personality-ishness. <laughs> um, like, yeah, the three guys were kind of interchangeable in my brain. Yeah. Until... I mean, the two gay guys, their whole identity was quote-unquote in love. Like, that was their whole... That was the whole thing. They, I didn't know who they were other than that. So, I don't know. Saya, what did you think? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I thought it was... Yes, there could have been more depth to Charlize Theron, but I did like that we saw... We don't really see women in these roles of, like, grisly like world wary so we do see Charlize Theron yeah so like I kind of liked it was an inversion I hope if there's a sequel we'll flush her out a little bit more 
um, I think it was Nikki and I forget his not boyfriend's name, his soulmate's Joe. name. What? <laughs> I think it's Joe. No, yeah, Nikki and Joe. But um, I that's another story. Like, there's just so many things that this could have been a miniseries. I'm like, that's so interesting that you were on opposite sides of the Crusades. And like, I I liked that interest. I'm like, oh, that says something. And like your worldview that you're able able to overcome and fall in love with your enemy and so like that was a whisper of things so maybe I was taking these hints and running with them and building my own like stories in my head but I just thought that was such an interesting backstory that made me intrigued by them um and yeah if there's a sequel so you shouldn't have to rely on a sequel to flesh your things out more but I think they did a lot of really interesting groundwork and I think if this were to be the franchise they were optimistically writing I think there's a lot of like very fertile ground to explore yeah, I agree that, like, that prequel would be the most interesting thing to me mm -hmm. of, like, that's the one I want to see. Because I don't think they're that interesting right now as characters, um, because, again, they didn't really have personalities. But I like their back. And also, like, couples who've been together a long time are inherently boring because their status is just in love. It's not evolving in any way, which <laughs> is fine. But, like... You know, that's why we tell, we always tell stories about falling in love, not being in love. Um, but that story of them, how they fell in love is very interesting and I would love to see it. And that's not this movie. What, what I think happened is that this was a, maybe a really well fleshed out mythology and story in the comics, mm -hmm. but because it's a movie, it turned into an action movie. It, it became an excuse for an action movie. And and Charlie Saren has been doing a lot of action movies lately with Atomic Blonde and uh, uh, Mad Max. And, um, and I don't know, that's, that's sort of my take on where the direction went. And so a lot of the, the interesting stuff would take a lot more time to go through, really. That's um, why it should be a TV show. And, it really very but, much But then you would have to take show. away all of the action stuff as well. So then, so then it's like, where what kind of movie is this where what kind of audience are we going for here that's i i think it just i think it would have been better as uh like a, a that superhero comic book movie not an action movie mm. um i Historical do think fiction. i mean superhero comic book movies are all action movies there i can't think of a single one that's not also an action movie well, that they're most of them are based in action-based stories, right? So, yeah, but uh, in terms of like the beats of like yeah. an action movie uh, and like where the big conflict happens and all that stuff, like they are all action movies, always, just, like action movies with people who fly. Yeah, there's always like a villain, right? So that makes it is an action now, or I don't know. That's we always need some sort of conflict in a story, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like shooting them out and and beating up people and you know. That's Which it. brings me to Dudley Dursley. Yes, I loved Dudley. I loved Dudley Dursley. <laughs> he was my favorite part of this movie. Okay, why? Because he was the only one who was interesting to watch. <laughs> okay. Um, shade on Charlize and her amazing haircut, but whatever. Um, <laughs> she has an amazing haircut in every movie. She does. She's Charlize. She's perfect. Um, but, but. Wasn't he, I liked the costuming detail of the hoodie. Mm -hmm. I thought that was evocative. <laughs> uh, wh why was he interesting to you though? Because I, I did not find him interesting at all. Because 
it was conflict and it was the only time that I felt like the story was moving, I felt, and he was representative of that. And then I also just enjoyed his performance, I think, because it was, ah, well, maybe it wasn't a necessarily better acting performance, but it was just a more interesting character to watch than like the bland male trio sidekicks of Charlize Theron. And then like the one newcomer sidekick who was just like testing the waters, who was a bit more interesting, but yeah, like he just, he made the story more engaging. And I kept on thinking it was the guy from Game of Thrones. So that was exciting too, because I was like, oh, you're playing the same character, but. Which guy from Game so, of Thrones? The one who, the one who tortures is, uh, the other guy, the, um, Ramsey. I thought it was Ramsey. I see why you think that. I don't actually watch that show. Uh, yeah. Well, no, just when he started torturing people and then seemingly enjoying it, I thought that they were just typecasting the Game of Thrones guy because I knew I knew him. I knew he was British in like that age range. And I found out it was Dudley. And then that also made me happy to see little Dudley Dursley kind of headlining a movie and doing a better job than I thought he would. Who got the job of Dudley at like 11 years old and this is just who he is now it's like he'll never play a good guy or like a nice likable you know he'll he'll never even play the like dorky sidekick guy like he'll always be like (laughs) i will say i do think that a pharmaceutical company is a great villain but it seems sort of a waste to not use the parts of or to not exploit the evilness of pharmaceutical companies when you make one a villain. Like, no, I just like to torture people too. It's, yeah, that, feel, that feels like a little bit of, and they were sort of, they were sort of going with it like, uh, money rules everything. It doesn't matter how many people we have to kill. But then he's like, no, really, he just wants to hurt people. And that's less interesting. Yeah, like you, you didn't need to stab him a thousand times. You could have pricked his finger. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was one of those like, we the banality of the big villains of our modern world are, and we're going to make one of them. Or, well, we're going to make two of them because he was obviously a Mark Zuckerberg-y kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but like, we're going to try and make our villain representative of the genuine big bads in our actual world, but they kind of miss the point on what it is that makes them bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't in the movie <laughs> so much. Um, but it was a cute premise did anybody happen to um go into the movie not knowing they were immortal because it's in i, I did description I, I did okay because yeah. then they treat that moment like a big twist but i knew already so i was kind of like well i was gonna say i just i only knew because i hit a point when the movie was losing me and i wasn't paying attention and i pulled up wikipedia to check what was happening and then it was like they're immortal and i was like what the when is this going to emerge? <laughs> and then it did emerge. And then that's when the movie started to pique my interest a bit. But I think that was, that could have been established earlier in the film, just watching it as someone who kind of, I did read it in the description, but I kind of forgot. When was it the, the first started. 10 minutes though? Like it, was it wasn't, pretty early. it was like, it was just like, if, uh, you got bored really fast. <laughs> I did get bored really fast. And well, I just, it, I feel like it could have been established better. So my feelings while watching it were maybe similar to Matt's that it was like, okay, this is a weird white savior, like army Mm -hmm. film. And then they all get shot and I'm like, oh, okay. So I didn't realize that that was her at the very beginning that was dead. Like it didn't look like her. I just thought she actually killed these people. And this is like another job for her. Um, And then, so I just thought it was like a regular old 
Netflix action movie. <laughs> um, and then they start coming, once they all got shot, I'm like, okay, the movie's not done or this is the ending. What's going on? And then they come back alive and I'm like, oh, okay. It's a, it's a power thing, the robots, one of, these, one of these things is happening. And then very soon you start realizing this is actually sort of like a weird, I started, it started feeling like a comic book um, type story um, with the mythology of like uh, ancient, ancient civilizations and um, stuff like that. Like that's, it just started feeling like that. And that's what I kind of liked about this movie and in, in the premise is, or just the movie as, as an action movie that it was also a, a weird superhero movie as well, but it wasn't a superhero movie. So it was, so, it was somewhere in between of these two genres. Um, and I don't think I've seen that before. Um, doesn't mean like the characters were, you know, that interesting, but uh, it, I just thought that just the premise of the whole thing was very different. And that's what yeah. I was enjoying the whole time. And just, and it's always enjoying, enjoyable to listen to ancient like immortal beings talk about their troubles uh <laughs> like <laughs> seeing, seeing lo lost loved ones and then they also had that little conversation like you had your guy like forever and i've lost people like that's so we ha we've lived different lives that's why i completely turned against you guys but you guys don't care <laughs> i i have a hard time sympathizing with characters that exist in such high concept realities. It was the same thing with me and Benjamin Button, where it gets to a certain point when they're really emotional about life circumstances that literally nobody can relate to, that are interesting to ponder, to put yourself in the thought process of, oh, like what would my outlook on life be if I knew I couldn't die? And or Benjamin Button, what if I was aging in reverse? It's like, that's an interesting thought for like two or three seconds, but just from an emotional standpoint, it's hard for me to connect to any of you because you're not addressing anything that I care to relate to or whatever. Now I'm just watching like a cool little fairy tale. You don't find loss and grief a relatable emotion? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, I, mean oh. I, do, I did think of them as yeah. a team of wolverines from different yeah. parts of <laughs> um, but like, well, like their emotional stakes were just about like the lo the loss of a loved one and knowing that you're going to lose someone, and I think that's very relatable. Maybe I think that's and from and from a yeah. sci-fi perspective, like we usually do these things where we we like go in the future and we see these new technologies and how they're how maybe we can live longer. And this is like a lot of humans, a lot of people want to live longer. <clears throat> Otherwise, we wouldn't have hospitals. Um, but like, and medicine and all this stuff, like we, we want to live longer, we want to be healthy and live as long as we can. Um, um, but so the idea of like, everyone not dying, I've done a few, I've read a few things, a few stories like this. And it's just the question of, okay, so what's the population problem? What do we do about childbirth? Can people not uh, like all births are now canceled now like what like what happens so it's it's kind of interesting to go through the motions of what happens when we get what we want um, and see if it actually is something we do want or not and then it also brings us back into like what makes 
our life special the way it is. That being said, okay. this, this book, this, uh, <laughs> this movie didn't go into, you know, that big of a detail into that stuff, but there's, there's like little hints of that, all of that happening, I think. I'm done. <laughs> Metaphorically, I was really engaged with the idea of um, the Salem witch trial, or I guess it wasn't Salem, whatever the, whatever witch trials they were at were the, you know, that part was really interesting. And again, another moment when I was like, if this was a show and it was nonlinear and we could see that, that'd be really interesting. But here it's just backstory. And I found the backstory way more interesting than what we were actually watching, which was one of the problems. But that little bit, I found really interesting the idea of like, it was impossible for them to prove themselves innocent because any way they tried to kill them made only made matters worse um and then like just the the hopelessness of that um and then sort of like taken to the extreme of what happens to uh that other character whose name i don't remember undersea um, lady that's what i call her undersea undersea lady. lady like that the horror of that for like a pretty relatively sort of lightweight film where i was just like yeah yeah i don't really care about your troubles um that is such a horrific thing just to wrap your head around um and then you sort of extrapolate what is obviously an unrelatable problem right like the rest of us would just die in the coffin but then you can sort of extrapolate it and apply it to that feeling in a real world context and i find that very evocative um but again it was in the backstory <laughs> I also think it was te it, the tease at the end of the of her being in the next movie was really intriguing in a way that it would not have been intriguing without thinking about her for a whole movie. Yeah, but I kind of also knew like movies like this don't let somebody just live there. Like, I feel like they undermined their their the horrors of the point they made with mm -hmm. that device by having her have escaped it and who knows when she escaped it maybe she escaped it years ago and she's fine and like who cares um movies like that like if someone's like oh so and so died but they didn't show us that body that person's not dead ever they, they didn't show us dudley dursley's body did they sorry uh, we saw it hit a, hit a car as i recall we, we didn't see it in the car because i i was really worried and i'm glad they didn't do this i was worried that they were going to make him secretly immortal and that was going to be like the twist and then i was ready to write off this movie completely but yeah i was thinking that because i don't think we actually saw his body we just saw him like fall into the car i thought that was going to be edgy for i thought he was going to be immortal oh no i thought he was going he never, to be immortal as well but then he all, wasn't so. And I'm glad he was not, because if he was, then that would have angered me <laughs> immensely. Well, also, it would have been against their own their own premise of, like, yeah. when there's a new immortal person, we they are called to each other kind of thing. Mm -hmm. they, they, I, if they ever do, in one of the future sequels, if they ever do a secret immortal person, it'll be like, oh, come on. Well, if there is that god that's that's making them do these things or getting them their, these jobs, whatever. But it looks like the two of four is going to be the one that's going to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> regular human being. Like what, 40 years? Then where are they? <laughs> I trust him to find an assistant in that time. I have a little yeah. more faith in him than in unseen, unknown <laughs> power. Because of his character or just because you always have faith in Chiwetel Ejiofor? <laughs> the latter. I just <laughs> like him. <laughs> 
Historians. <laughs> Historians. <laughs> well, I think there is kind of a nice thread in the movie about like questioning. I mean, we touched on it earlier, like what makes us human? Like there was the moment after the church fight when um, Niall said like, you know, you just looked terrifying, like this carnage you left behind. And like, I think there's moments of like, when Charlize Theron says she can't even remember her mother or sister's face, like that's so sad to me. And like, mm -hmm. I think there's this thing about connection, but then she goes to the drugstore and there's that girl who helps her. She's like, you just needed help, it doesn't matter why. So I think there's this very interesting thing about like, despite the cynicism and despite the fact that they've seen the worst in humanity, I think there's people like the drugstore girl just surprising her. And I think to a tell for like, I trusted it because I think it's kind of a theme of the movie. I don't know that there's a higher power guiding them. I think it's just, we don't hear about all the random people they save. We only mm -hmm. hear about the people who turned out to be some, who like happen to do these great things. So like, I, for me, it, it fits into the theme of the movie that like we can be better and that we can look out for each other. We just need to sort of be inspired to. So they saved so many people that it's doesn't it's not like a coincidence that they saved a lot of important people. If you save a, a ton, eventually a certain number of them are going to yeah. be. Yeah, he said it was it was exponential, right? It was exponential for how long they were doing it for. Yeah, it get it gets the good things they did get bigger and bigger and save more people. Yeah. Right. Also, that Matt, that was Saya's version of do grief and human human sorrow not affect. <laughs> <laughs> it was nicer but it was the same <laughs> there yep. and i think devices like that can be used to look at grief sorrow and actual real life emotions i just think this movie did too little of it and almost too late it was like maybe that one scene we was talking about his 42 year old son dying and like how everyone will feel like you betrayed them because you can't die and whatever like that scene was the only moment when I felt like it served some kind of purpose the concept but beyond that it just felt like a device that was kind of gimmicky and wanted to be in a longer format than what we actually had. I thought it was kind of odd that his son died at 42 isn't it like a more impactful storytelling beat that he like out like his son yeah. died when he was old and yet he still outlived him or is it the I, fact that like at 42 it means you like you got no time and versus mm. your father has like an abundance of time 42 is like you missed you missed out i i think it's more interesting if he was older personally uh like to me i thought if he was literally older than his father when he died i thought that would be a more interesting story but i'm i'm not against this version either like this it's not like it's i it, like personally i think it would impact me more than this version but i don't think this version's bad well i don't i don't know that you can i don't know that i ha would have as much sympathy for like a 90 year old being like why do you get to be alive still right like that, <laughs> i think that's the thing about the 40 about the 42 is it's not it's not they're not a child they have a full sense of mortality but they should have had more time Wow. I think 42 is like the sweet spot because that's probably the ballpark of how old he physically is. Mm. So when you're kind, when he dies and the two of them are kind of on even playing ground, it's like that bit in Interstellar when Jessica Chastain shows up on the TV for Matthew McConaughey and she's like, I'm to the day how old you were when you left me. And I think it's like that has a weird power to it that kind of only exists under these weird 
story circumstances. Yep. <laughs> All that nodding's gonna go over real well in a podcast. <laughs> Um, I, I thought the, uh, so the girl at the end, the underwater lady, uh, I thought, she, I thought someone was going to go and save her. So either Charlie Sand was going to go do that at some point near the end, or this guy to get back in with, uh, his friends would go and save her for them. Something like that. But now it seems like she might be a villain. I don't know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the experience of. Yeah. Being drowned for four hundred years or whatever, and left there. But they yeah. looked yeah. for her. Did they tracked it. They tried that. to track down every person who was on the ship that could possibly tell them where they dumped her in the water. But they have their whole life to find her, and they didn't use their whole life that. to find her. Yeah, know? they've been doing other stuff. We, yeah. we we saw the charts. They do lots of things. <laughs> and she knows that they have all their life to find her, and. She, they didn't find her, so she's, I, I don't know, I guess she would be angry. <laughs> Except if you're thrown underwater, wouldn't your number of regenerations just run out, would be my thought? Well, that's I feel like the body would be under so much number. trauma. That's assuming there's a specific number, which is not what we were told necessarily, that they just sort of like, it's one day it runs out, and we never know why, and we never know when it's going to happen. Okay. Um, and I think if it was a specific number, then you could have a countdown. Yeah, that's an interesting idea, though. That there's a mechanic there that we don't understand, like what makes it what makes it your time. Yeah, mm -hmm. because if there was a countdown, then they the ones we know would be more aware of it, and they wouldn't waste any of them. Mm -hmm. But right now, they're like pretty cavalier. Except, did the other ones didn't know that there was a countdown? Did they? Was that only Charlize Theron who had that experience? I like kept that info to herself. Oh my God, can she, did she not tell? No, she told. I don't think. No, because they no, were, they weren't they really surprised when she didn't heal? No, they were just surprised that it was happening. Oh. Not yeah, right now. I think that yeah. they knew it could happen, yeah. but like also it's sort of, it's not the sort of thing you think is going to happen to Charlize Theron. Right? <laughs> I thought it was going to happen to that. Actually, all of them at some point in the movie had a moment of like, are they not healing? Like yeah. everybody heals a little slowly every once in a while, just for dramatic tension. <laughs> so it kind of almost felt like it was happening to everybody at some point. Um, but I thought it was going to be that guy who's in everything, but he never became a movie star, but he continues to be in everything, that guy. But it wasn't. It was Charlize. You don't take out Charlize Theron because then what are you going to do in the sequels? Well, that's, you have to threaten it, though, because that's what creates the stakes. If it was just some rando, it would be, it would be less exciting for us because we see that another rando will be called. Like it's, um, I feel like Charlize is the like, the one that we would miss. I mean, she theoretically is, but it's also a little bit of the like, yeah, but they're never going to kill Tom Cruise. So why keep threatening him? You know, <laughs> James Bond is going to get off the saw table. He always does. Yeah. It's either like, it's either that or they do some sacrifice at the end, which looked like they were hinting at maybe something about her going off the that window she was yeah. going to be the one who pushed the guy out the window yeah. and not the new girl i thought she was going to jump on the guy at the bottom because i thought he was trying to escape and go to his car so i thought she was that was my first thing instinct was that she was going to she was waiting for him to come out of the building so she could just jump on him <laughs> but i liked how it ended up <laughs> do you think that was a fair like, do you think the punishment fit the crime 
for a hundred years. Well, they'll meet you here in a hundred yeah. years. Yeah, it's like a oh. one-hour timeout. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I don't have a concept for how long a hundred years is if you live forever. Well, okay, so if, you, if you've been alive since the Crusades, how long is that? Which crusade? <laughs> the ones in the, the one in the movie, Susan. I, I, see, I think the question is, what, uh, how long can you hold a grudge? And I think nobody has held a grudge for longer than 100 years. I have faith in Shirley's. <laughs> well, because cool, it's, it's not, it's how long is it long enough to be lonely, I think. Well, that could be any time. It, you, there are people you can leave for 10 minutes and they'll like, never forgive you. All dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dog wants to be left alone. Oh. Just like not a friendly. She just like went into the dark room by herself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, Booker was only, he was from the 1800s, so like 1812 because Napoleonic Wars. So like, He's only like three, two, three hundred years old. So a hundred years is like true. For mm. him, it would be very long. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. He's the new guy. Can't believe Sia learned his name. Um, very impressed. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because he only he said he only had been with them two hundred years. So that's like fully fifty percent of the big. Yeah. So that would be like the equivalent of like fifteen to twenty years for all of us. Like if it's fifty yeah. percent of your existing life, yes. But then the the um well twenty he did break the only and biggest rule, right? Like it's not like <laughs> like the only thing they wanted was to never be captured. It's not like he like like jaywalked. It, it was a it was a real <laughs> offense, yeah. And one which made them less safe being around him, right? Like it's it's partly punitive, but it's partly keeping themselves safe. True. Oh, that's probably why. I guess it's 100 years also because it ensures everyone in the present of that moment will, like, die off. Oh, right. So he doesn't have the connections to turn them in. Mm -hmm. Right. That's true. They're waiting for Dudley to die. Mm -hmm. um, or I guess they killed Dudley. Never mind. They're waiting for Dudley's <laughs> henchmen to die? They, oh. We didn't see a body. He's coming back in the sequel. Oh, gosh. Um, also, the, this it like spoke to that like other than being captured, the big bad of this movie is loneliness, right? Like they talk about that all the time. The idea of like isolation and not being able to have loved ones and blah 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 blah. Kind of a good quarantine movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure, yeah. Uh, I guess. How many people have you saved this quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, by my presence? Everybody I've ever seen. <laughs> You're welcome, all of you. Yeah, so this movie happened. Anybody have any, any closing thoughts? It had a great soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. Soundtrack was fun. Yeah. Didn't notice it, but okay. I like the flashbacks. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think and the, the concept is the best story. No, I think it's yeah. I think it's a concept that was wasted on being a feature film. So just kind of the the, the it felt like wasted potential. So it wasn't bad. It just was disappointing. Yeah, sure. I'll buy that. 
I also think there should be more axes in action movies. I like. <laughs> I, I did like, like the axe. The the weapon choices were fun. I liked them. Uh, I did like the killing of the person by jumping out the window with him. Yeah. <laughs> and and you and you should think like weapons like guns are are not as old as those other ancient weapons. So they might have more skill with those weapons and they're more comfortable with it. Ah, that's true. Haven't thought of that. <laughs> or they're just special and they want them on them at all times. Who knows? I mean, that axe looks so much cooler than a gun. <laughs> it's true. I mean, everything looks cooler than a gun. Yeah. Guns <laughs> suck. Yes. Maybe we'll just stop there. <laughs> Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. It was nice yeah. to see you, friends. <laughs>